from built up areas. Right. Like in and around like GAA pitches or perhaps fucking um, golf clubs, essentially. And because of that, we found this spot out in Hoth and we went to scout it out. We were going to scout that one and a beach, which we already knew was a rave spot. Yeah, because that's um, been on TikTok, hasn't it? It has, yeah. But then, then we were like, ah, oh, we checked it out and then we were like, imagine getting equipment down these slippery steps. Yeah. But imagine getting that equipment back, back up those how slippery did, I steps. I wonder how that TikTok crave even went ahead. Like, how did they manage that? They've done loads, apparently. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's, I've, I've heard it's a Brazilian rave. Um, Brazilian? Yeah, there's a huge Brazilian community um, who do, like, underground raves. And Jesus. It's, it's weird because they're, like, separate to the Dublin scene. Right. But they're, like, I don't know, they're slowly integrating. It's, it's yeah. weird because it's, like, it, the, once upon a time, I don't know, they were in Brazil. But yeah, they, yeah, no, no, no. They, like, they, they all tend to stick together, but then yeah. now they're kind of, you know, they're becoming more integrated with the scene. And like, for example, the, like the warehouse rave I'm playing on this Saturday, that's actually, I, I think if I'm not wrong, I think that's technically run by the Brazilians, if you, if you can call them <laughs> Wait, 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 I wonder what their like collective name is or if they have one. They're probably uh, just all like friends because if you think about it, like it, people, people emigrate, Irish people emigrate, you inevitably find other Irish people. Like even yes. if you go somewhere by yourself and we, that's the same with everyone, everyone just kind of sticks together. But there is a huge Brazilian community. In I, I think, so I it's think cool they're, that they're making their own raves happen. I think they're called Electric Party Ireland. I'm pretty, oh. I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the name for their um, collective. Yeah, well, that's interesting because I would feel sorry. I don't know, like I, I feel like everywhere in the world is better club scene than Dublin. Oh, so I feel sorry so for people who actually move here if they're into clubbing. Because I'm like, where do you even start off? Do you know what I mean? I go to things that I buy tickets for, mm. but I never off the cuff be like, yeah, let's go hit the town tonight. Unless it was to like a pub, which I rarely do anyways because it's so expensive. Yeah, no, I think that's also because fucking. Um, like so many clubs have been closed like um district eight and mm-hmm. uh, even pre-covid like they all got shut down hangar were you ever a part oh of? man i miss hangar <laughs> i used to go to hangar like when i was 17 and i just was like that was when i discovered techno music and i was like what is this i was like this is crazy the back room it was like a proper warehouse that's like um london vibe like london scene yeah there's raves. nothing nothing like it anymore in dublin unfortunately but like, I was the right connections. I was, I was actually oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, there there was. Um, it's very similar to um, warehouse. Well, actually, no, it was way smaller scale. But mm-hmm. like warehouse project in Manchester. Yeah. Is probably like capacity five thousand, maybe more. It's not. I was over there the other couple of weeks ago um, mm-hmm. with Megan and. Yeah, was, I've never gone raving in Manchester. I'd say actually, that's crazy. It's actually phenomenal. Like yeah. the the whole setup is just fantastic, but um, it's just weird because the crowd is so boring. Like, yes. like Irish crowds, there's nothing better than like a sea of yobo. I feel like they're a little like the Brits are a little bit of a cold fish in the crowd because oh, I felt the same way when I went mm. to Mulgrab in London a couple of years ago. Like, now, don't get me wrong, it was an amazing rave and I'd never been to something of that standard like mm. he was literally standing right in front of us mm. and it went on till seven in the morning and I was uh, like this is amazing I was in rush hour traffic on the way home but I uh, was kind of like yeah this doesn't feel like the like there's just not the same vibe there's it lacks the energy the people's energy is 
fucking unmatched in an Irish crowd. I don't know what it, I think it's just weird. Live, we live it up to the stereotype of mm. just being the most fun people. I used to think that um, performers when they came to Ireland and they said, "Ireland, you're the best crowd." I thought they would just said that to everybody, but I don't think they do. <laughs> I think I think I think they do and they don't. Yeah. I, I think so. Sometimes, sometimes, absolutely, it's just like they will say it to every crowd. Mm-hmm. But some people actually do believe it, and I I do believe it myself. I believe Irish crowds are fantastic. Well, we know the crowds are great, but the thing is, if you were to contextualise, like, the Dublin Rove scene at the moment, if mm. you were to describe it to somebody who has never been to Dublin, mm. what would you say? I'd say it's, like, it's hard to put into words, but it's it's like a family. It's, yeah. But it's like, it's like a family from every kind of angle. So yeah. it's it's not... It's, it's everyone's so close. Yeah. Everyone's, like, really tight with each other. And it's, like, even if you don't know someone, if you've never met that person... Yeah. You know them. Yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> you, you know it's them. such a community. It's such a strong community. And what I love about it is it's not exclusive. Do you know what I mean? Like some well, things like that can be really exclusive or like secret parties or you need mm. to know the right people. Like I think that all in all people co- welcome most people with open arms. Oh, 100%. But I, I think it takes time for people to become integrated into the scene. Mm-hmm. Like the scene actually can be very clicky. Yeah. But it, like when you're in it, when you're in it, it's actually really nice. Yeah. But I remember when before I was actually an active member of the scene, I remember seeing from outside to in, thinking, "Oh, it'd be so nice to be part of that." Like, it looks like such a great buzz, and yeah. people seem to have a great time. And it took me ages before I realized actually, people. I I actually know lots of people now, yeah. and people know me, and it's just it's just a thing that happens slowly. Because um, you're just going at the start, you're going to the same events. Like every time I went to a district date rave, I met mm. peop- the same people, and yeah. I'd only ever see them at raves. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They were rave friends, and then you mm. like build these friendships purely from these kind of nights out. And then I suppose when COVID happened, we it all draw drew us together, and we had to make our own fun. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but how did you get into the scene? Let's go back to the start. Let's go back to how Rowdy Boy became Rowdy Boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, so way back when, um, I I start I started two projects. Uh, I think that's two things that really um, is like two pillars for me to build off. Two really strong pillars, and that was Thump and Real Rotation. Okay. Um, and they both started out as kind of projects to help, you know, up and coming people who weren't really. Um, so well known in the scene. Um, Didn't know where to place themselves. Yeah, like it, it, it just gave them a platform to do yeah. to do what they wanted to do. Um, and real rotation. I think I had at this time. I think there's sixteen releases so far. Wow. And it's pretty much pretty much all Irish artists, Irish underground artists, and some of them have made really big big names for themselves. Like BLK is mm-hmm. now becoming a wow. very big household name, and he's. Scene King of 2021. Love that. Yeah, that's that's how my friendship with him started. Was literally just me asking him, "Oh, do you have a do you have any tracks for an upcoming VA?" And he just so sound. He was like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> that's the thing. It's like you could be a bit intimidated to be like, "Oh, what? Like we're starting out our own little collective. What do people are like?" F off. We've got our own thing going. But like from what I've gathered from the shed lads, anyways, mm-hmm. is that. It's such like you meet so many people, but 
everybody's happy to help each other out everybody mm. wants to be involved in each other's collective just because yeah. you're in thump doesn't mean thump and shed don't do something together mm. do you know and which you have mm. very successfully over the summer do you want to tell us about that oh yeah so um over the summer we we put on a few raves in hosts um and uh yeah they were just absolutely insane like i was not expecting that many people to uh turn up to a random forest in Hoth but uh yeah it, it just it just happened and it happened and everyone wanted more yeah this so is true had to deliver and <laughs> it was great fun until we got shut down by the guards on Hoth number three yes that was uh, an occupational hazard you know what they say third time lucky but yeah. in this case it was third time very unlucky but I think we pushed it too far. We but like, yeah, because it's the same place every time. What I mm. couldn't understand is how people found it. Because mm. like, if you had the location, if you had the pin from one of your friends, fair enough. It was a bit of a trek, especially in the dark. I was like, where are we going? Yeah. But there were people that just showed up that didn't have the pin and they just like as if they just stumbled across it. I was like, was exactly under your nose. Those, like those kind of people, they can smell the rave. <laughs> yeah, they actually got there. Was this old man? And I was oh, like, where did you flip and come from? This, you this guy. I have a funny story about that fella. <laughs> Everyone thought he was a guard. I was like, guys, yeah, not a guard. I, like I remember, it was I think six in the morning. The sun was just coming up and like yeah. it's getting bright. So everyone's like getting freaked out by this this guy because obviously a 45 year old man who's there by himself everyone was like that's an undercover guard yeah and then i was like to everyone no it's not he's just some local who obviously heard the music i think me and you were saying the same thing i was like get over yourself yeah like come on guys because it was sending the vibes so so sad yeah yeah it was it was people were getting freaked out people were getting so freaked out being like this guy is definitely like an undercover operative he would have done something by now he's been here for hours and he's off his head but like the funniest thing was um i (laughs) i turned to uh dylan win decadence because dylan is like he he could talk for ireland yeah and he burned the ears off off an eskimo (laughs) like it's just the chap is Love it. He's, he's like a bulldog. <laughs> i got to have him on then. <laughs> yeah, so, so I don't oh know. You wouldn't get a word in. <laughs> no, I don't need to, babe. I don't need to. Um, but it's just so funny because I, I go to Dylan. Uh, everyone's saying that chap over there, he's, he's an undercover guard. Yeah. What, what, what do you think? And Dylan was like, ah, daft. I, I don't know. Probably is. <laughs> and I go, why, why? Why, why don't you find out? And so, so Dylan just goes, ah, yeah. And goes <laughs> to up to quote Dylan when, Ah yeah, you know yourself, and then off he goes. Yeah. And I just see him like put his arm around this bloke and literally fucking burn the ears off the poor guy. And I was like, if he's an undercover guard, he's definitely thinking to himself, "Fuck's sake, why did I get this assignment?" <laughs> this assignment, you'd swear, like Twenty One Jump Street were coming to shut us down. Oh. Like, where's Chan and Taylor and Jonah Hill? But no, I did. I was like, me and Alice, my cousin, were like, hmm looks a bit malnourished to be a guard <laughs> and he's been here an awful long time so like everyone's gone at this point all his culprits are gone it's just yeah. us cleaning up and I, I just i just remember hearing dylan say like his opening line to this guy's like, how do i break the ice to this guy and he goes so uh what's your favorite football team <laughs> he just started like ask, like sussing him out asking him all the questions and like he came to the conclusion that yeah he is an undercover guard and i was like 
No, yeah, he's I think not, Dylan but... was trying to freak people out because the lads were so they're at that point of the night they were so sleep deprived they've been piling all night and they were just like so paro and I was like guys it's fine but mm. this is the, the fun and games about it I always compare having to seek out those kind of parties to like our grandparents meeting at the crossroads when dancing was illegal oh yeah like you can see it look at it through two lenses but you only get your 20s once mm. and that's what I've been saying like since the beginning like we do rave responsibly we do clean up after ourselves yeah. and that's definitely something that needs to be outlined with this whole underground scene because words are delicate there's and ethics yeah, there exactly. are ethics to the game and it's it's like the 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 parties that do the best mm-hmm. I believe have a strong core of ethics like for example before most of our raves um, before our raves we, we would always like specify that it's um, it's non-homophobic yeah it's non-sexist and yeah. it's you know a no respectful racial. place where yeah. exactly where, where people can all get along and like have the crack in a safe atmosphere and create good memories for each other because you don't want someone coming away from a rave thinking being scarred oh know? yeah no but I feel like even the community itself like without even putting those um, like messages out on Instagram which mm. you guys do but I knew that there was a homophobic slur being thrown around at one of the raves yeah. and it was like the entire rave came together and like confronted this guy and was like get the fuck out and was like when everyone comes together mm -hmm. and really just cracks down on someone being a dick yeah there's there's nothing about it like a a host rave one Mm -hmm. I remember there's a guy being a bit touchy feely with random girls and like I spotted this in the crowd and he was making so many people uncomfortable so I literally just had to tap him on the back and be like here man everyone sees what you're doing you're being a dick. Yeah. They're feeling very uncomfortable, quite clearly. Yeah. So either get the way from that, get get the fuck away from them. Yeah. Go back to your mates. I I, I know your mates over there. Mm-hmm. Go over to him or just leave. I and can't leave. The the guy, like it, y- you think because I, I had this this um anxiety before approaching him because I was yeah. like, what if he gets violent? Yeah. You no, don't want to start as, a fight at a rave. As soon as soon as the guy was pointed out, everyone sort of turned around and was like. Yes, yes. Yeah. Like everyone was behind me, cause yeah. like why wouldn't they be? And everyone that, was behind me, and that's embarrassing me. for him more so that he's exactly. being called out. Which I feel like in recent, like our friends and our generation of like twenty year olds, I feel like don't really stand for that shit. I can only speak from experience, but mm. I feel like we don't tolerate that kind of bullshit, and no. it will be shut down very soon. And everybody has each other's back, so you can go with that peace of mind and feel safe in that sense. Yeah. Um. To these kind of events, if that's something you're seeking out, because there's only so much sitting around we can do. Like I'm in final year of college. This shit happened when halfway through second year. Yeah. Like that's my whole university experience just taken away, and I know that, I know that just in general beforehand we were so frustrated with the rave scene now we covid has kind of forced us to take it into our own hands i suppose mm, no very true and i'm i'm quite proud of what i've seen so far because just the ethics behind mm-hmm. like it's it's not when when you're thinking dirty rave you're not yeah. thinking you're now not thinking an unsafe place yeah like no, a true. lot of the times people do come together and they don't stand for that shit like yeah, it's all about knowing who you're partying with as well. Like, mm. and usually these kind of events are all held by a friend group who invite another friend group, and everyone's kind of close. Mm. And you might not know everybody super well, but everybody will know your name and have your back. And if they see you distressed, it'll be settled. Mm. Um, what was, what was 
bump like pre-covid what was going on with you guys were you hosting nights out were you, like how many mixes was it long before covid that you guys started or um so we we started in december 2019 okay we had thump one and it was it was just a like you know it was small and lots of djs involved and all of our all of our events in clubs have been in um bowling social okay cool. which was kind of like our our mecca love it <laughs> um so every time we pass bow lane we pass it with fun memories and oh. like um yeah just it's it's kind of where we where we all started like myself dylan eric burka um and like everyone involved with thump back in the day um and yeah it was just it was so what brought all you together did you know each other from college did you know each other from raves like what brought um, the whole community together so so what what brought my community together well not my community yeah but, but the one you're talking the, about the, the people who i'm closest with yeah kind of it actually came from trinity dj society because cool. I, I used to be in trinity but um i did, did not finish because i did not enjoy trinity yeah that's fair but follow that's, your that's heart another story for another day and um yeah we we met the trinity dj society when i was in second year cool. i met dylan and i met eric and i met mel Love it. Um, and we went for pints after, and we, cool. we just got talking, and then Dylan was like, "Let's go index on Friday." Like, it's introversion, um, parallax, casual gabbers, and like it's a mix of mad shit, like. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, "Yeah, that sounds that sounds great." And yeah, he said. Well, actually, first I was apprehensive because I was seeing a girl at the time, and we were going through a rocky period, and uh, Dylan sent me introversion, uh, yeah. no dystopia by introversion, which. Yeah. Then I listened to it on the bus on the way home to Kildare because I was living in Kildare at the time, and I listened to it over and over and over and over and over on yeah. the way back thinking, this is the first proper techno track that I've ever been introduced to, and I can't get over it. It's fantastic. Oh, no way. So wh- when I got off the bus, I was like, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going back. You just get the bus straight back to Dublin. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to index. Like I, I don't care what's going on with her. I'm going to index. Yeah. No Sorry, what. bitch. <laughs> we yeah, off. Uh, has to happen you know sometimes um follow your heart and then you let the rest will work out that's the one one bit of advice i would give to everyone like follow your heart even if it's not easy yeah it's it's always the right decision no i i actually think it's really funny but i don't know if you know this i know this from just my own observation Mm. but when we went to your 21st and had a rave cave Mm. um basically like all the lads that i'm friends with they are in you as you know they're in the shed yeah. but when we went to your party like they just all wore these t-shirts that said the shed and they had alec on the back but they weren't they weren't even djing at that point i don't yeah. even think alec was djing at that point he could have been but i don't know um but the rest of them certainly weren't and i remember all your friends were slagging the lads being like why are you wearing matching t-shirts are you in like a collective <laughs> or something and Simo was like no it's just like it's just like the shed. And it's like, well, what is the shed? Yeah. And then for I think from that, they might have been inspired to start DJing That's because brilliant. they were like, you can be a collective that doesn't DJ. <laughs> and then like, you know, a nine couple of months go by and they all started learning in Alex's house, I'm very sure. Mm. And now they are, what is the shed today? They've had their first night out a couple of weeks ago. Mm. You were there. Um, is it nice? What's it like when th- Thump and the Shed come together? Like, uh, we we actually did a night together in Bow Lane, yeah. um, for charity, um, and that was called Light Up the Night, and yeah, it was really fun. Um, I love the Shed lads. I think they're a really good group of dudes, and mm-hmm. they all have 
you know they're they're growing every day which is what i love to see yeah and it's it's funny because as you said my my friends were kind of slagging them yeah it was just all friendly jokes it's friendly, <laughs> friendly banter but it's like it's like at that stage they i don't think they had really respect for the shed you know yeah. what i mean but now as the the shed are growing more and more respect for them yeah. and that, that's the thing about the scene a lot of it revolves around respect it's almost like an Italian mafia yeah, <laughs> sometimes you have to like, be putting you don't in have the respect time. for me yeah. be putting in the same time and the same work as I am if you want me to feel like you're yeah. at my same level and that's exactly. totally understandable because people people um, it's, it's it's like a peer peer yeah. thing um, but yeah they're they're getting there every day. It's nuts. I, I couldn't be more proud because I've always always put in good words for them and it's always been nice to see them do well. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's only been like a year since they started. But um with is there any other collectives in Dublin that you have your eye on or that are impressing you other than your Ooh. your own or shed? Yeah, so um Vision Vision Collective. I cool. love I love Vision and uh, they, they put on light in Soundhouse um with an artist called Jasset Oryx, who is Oops. my favorite producer, and I got I got to see Jasset Oryx on the Friday. Love it. And I hit models on the Saturday down in Waterford. Oh, I'm so jealous! I've never seen them. He's he's my he's my favorite DJ. So I hit models is my favorite DJ, and then Jasset Oryx is my favorite producer. So what a weekend! Best, best <laughs> weekend ever, and. Um, so in, in Dublin, I absolutely love Vision, and I love Research as well. Okay. Research Don't run by run by some pretty crazy buys. I'd say so. <laughs> um, and yeah, Research of kind of um, I've been doing lots of work with them as well. Nice. So that's um, that, that's been very good. Like did a Rosedale Mansion rave with them um, in Shankill. And that oh, I love this. It's a mansion house. Yeah, oh, it, it was it was so nice. Sorry, so Rose nice. Rosedale Mansion in yeah. Shankill. It's beautiful. Oh, it's so nice. And that was a very very sweaty affair. It would be. <laughs> no rules abide from there. It's crazy house. But it, it was also it, th- there was also another incident in the house right where we had to remove a guy because girls right. thought he was being really creepy. Spiky, spiky. And obviously we had no tolerance for this, so we, yeah. you know, we had to kick him out. And that wasn't easy because the guy was like, no, no, I'm not being creepy. But we were like, we That's have exactly multiple reports. <laughs> That's <laughs> exactly reports. what a creep would say. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, and then, then he tried to change his story as well. Just right. give me one more chance. Or like, it, you lost it on your first <laughs> chance, buddy. There's no second chances with that kind of behavior. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. th- no, that's good. It's good because it's nice to know because it can be preoccupying if you're running an event and you're running around and you're trying to enjoy as well, it, like the music. So it's having eyes everywhere, which mm. is great to hear that you and the guys have because it makes people feel more comfortable that they can go because this whole spiking thing is disgusting. terrifying. Disgusting. Literally so freaky. Um, I'm really excited to hear a little bit about Time for Dance. Oh, Time for Dance. Um, that was... <laughs> That was pretty surreal. Um, yeah. I just I couldn't be more thankful to Research and Reboot for coming together to form the social service. Right. Big shout out to Reboot Events as well. Mm-hmm. Fucking absolutely killing it at the moment. Um, and doing it all over Ireland. You know, nice. all around the Midlands. And Love uh, it. I, I don't think they've done much in Dublin, but like they they do lots in Sligo. They It'd be a lot easier to do it outside of Dublin as yeah. well. You know, like. Mm. Um, they they really have they have a big following and they have lots of respect and they they also operate like a very very good family like they all nice. love each other to bits and I've been on the session with them and 
yeah, that's that's how it came to be introduced. How it came to be introduced to research was actually through reboot. Okay. I well actually, and research technically, I went down to the their gig in Sligo and um, over summer, and that was that was really fun, and I got to meet everyone, and yeah, ever since we've all been tight pals. But sorry, back to time for dance. I completely sidetracked there. No, that's okay. Um. Time for Dance was just absolutely nuts, you know, being on the lineup with some seriously big names like the Tommy Fella and VTSS and Fiac. Tommy! <laughs> yeah. Love Tommy. Um, that was just so much fun and I, I can't believe the amount of people who came to see my set. I, I would be forever grateful for everyone who nice. came to my set. Well, if this is the way the growth is going in the middle of a pandemic, mm. can you imagine what's going to happen when all the festivals open, when all the rave, the actual legal overground rave scene comes back? Oh, Do you know what I mean? Best. Like, it's all ahead of you, you know, and all the guys in Tomp and all the guys in the shed. Like, it really makes me proud and me happy because I loved going to raves. I was the eight girl. I've been over 20 times. Like, mm. it was in yeah. two years or something <laughs> ridiculous like that. Like, you just get addicted to that lifestyle because you're like, I am never going to be in a crowd of people where I feel so free and yeah. accepted. You do in Berlin and I don't really feel that way in London when I go to the raves, but it's, I suppose it's just getting, I think if you're going to a rave in London or the UK, you just have to accept that you're going to be there with your friends and it's not yeah. going to be as much of a community mm. from what I've gathered anyway and what you've gathered. Yeah, I just, I just have to say about uh, Manchester, I remember... There was this one moment where um, I was, um, like, we, we moved to another room. There's three massive stages, and mm -hmm. we came into the third room, and this is a massive cube hanging from the ceiling, and it was a cube with, like, you know, screens on it, and, right. it, like, the visuals were changing and okay. doing mad shit, and, like, um, just changing every second, and I just remember becoming fixated on this and being like, the cube! All hail the cube! Everyone's like, where's George? He's in the bathroom staring at a cube. <laughs> and so, so I, was with, I was with everyone, and then all my friends started looking at the cube being like, ah, the very nice cube up there is a very nice cube. And uh, then, yeah, then I, I, just, I just decided to spread the word of the cube as if I, I'd been contacted by the cube. And, Turn around to these English guys behind us, who, who, wet nappies, absolutely yeah, wet nappies. Right. I turn around to them, I'm like, the cube knows all your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, a couple of them were absolutely fried, so um, the first guy was like, right. And then the next guy was like, the cube? <laughs> See, that would be like a start an opening conversation for a randomer in Ireland, but then if you were to do that, like in the UK, sometimes I'd be like, uh, what are you on about? And it's just like, English banter is just so different to it's Irish banter. It's very dry, isn't it? Yeah, God loves so them. Dry. They're just not as good crack as we are. Mm, uh, we're, we're blessed, we're blessed. We are blessed with the best, and that's the thing, like, I love being Irish, I love my Irish friends, I love having like, good old Irish style party, rave, whatever. Mm. I am emigrating, but it makes me sad because I don't want to have to emigrate. I want the club scene to be better. I want the rental prices to be lower. I want to have the are. life that I could have in Berlin or in London or mm. any, we live in a capital city and it's just so sad because I know that for a huge, like after this year, probably the only time I'm gonna to get to see my Irish friends, my home friends is at Christmas when we mm. all come home from wherever we go to emigrate. Because we're all just being sad. pushed out, like, do you it, feel the same? Uh, I feel the absolute same because it's just, it's so tough because 
I love Ireland for mm -hmm. all its character. We exactly. have so much character. Everyone is so different, mm -hmm. and everyone is fantastic. You know, I love pretty much everyone involved in what I'm doing, and it's just absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. But then the system is absolutely just failing all of us. Yes, 100%. The system is failing all of us. There's the system doesn't love us. <laughs> system doesn't love us or the entertainment industry. No, it does it despises the entertainment and the hospitality industry like that's offensive at the stage. Countless times uh, we've been bent over by the government and countless times we've, you know, bent over ourselves for them because you know, it's just uh, like it's it's time for people to take a stand, but it's also like because we've been doing what they, they want us to do for so long and it's mm -hmm. just, it's crippling the industry and mm -hmm. it's crippling people's mental health and I, yes, 100%. I lots of people have been struggling and it's it's actually heartbreaking to see because so many people were flourishing before lockdown. Obviously, a lot of people were struggling anyway, but yeah. after during and after lockdown, so many people have been devastated. They're disheartened as well. Do you know what I mean? Like It's like, yeah. why do I put in the effort to do all this when mm -hmm. I don't know what the result is going to be at the end of the line? Yeah. And it's just pure frustration because I know for a fact all those men in the government, they didn't do any track and tracing in the nightclubs. So basically that's yeah, what frustrates me, that you can close down an industry so soon when you don't even have any statistics to tell you that it, it's the reason that... Yeah, they didn't do the track tracing in the nightclubs, but yet they're the first to close. They're the first industry to close. Um, they said that they started closing the nightclubs at twelve to send a message. It's 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 what li the actual fuck is that? It's so sideways. It's so backwards. It's just it's it's a big mess. It's a big mess, and it, you know what it is. It's because they think they think what a rave is. They think what nightclubs are is just a horrible place full of horrible people. They have no idea. They have no idea the memories that are made. And the, the escapism that you have, like that flipping four hours out of the week where you could be going through the worst shit in your life and then you go, you listen to music you love, you hang out with your friends and you dance. Like I know that I never see anyone dance the way they dance at raves in a, your average nightclub where they're playing bloody Shakira. Like people are feeling it in their bodies. It's what keeps people going. And that's why the, the crowd energy is just so important because and that's why... I feel Irish people really, you know, Irish crowds in nightclubs can be the best thing ever because mm -hmm. people are just all on the same buzz, smiles from ear to ear, just really enjoying themselves. And, you know, escapism, as you say, because it's the only time we can feel free in this society where we're fucking oppressed by our own people. We used to be... Okay, one second. Don't say. Um, yeah, so we used to be, you know oppressed by the Brits you know yeah. people complain about some people complain about that you know yeah like some Irish people don't like English people and will say oh we were oppressed by them for 800 years or something but yet now we're being oppressed by our own government yeah by, by our own people and it's just it's 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 fucking the Catholic social values that run through this society it just kind of hinders our progress oh. and I was saying during our progress before COVID now we're even worse yeah. than we were before like we're closing at what nine yeah. nine o'clock tonight I think that's what they've the new restrictions are I, th I, th I thought I read somewhere that the, they were advising to close at five 
See, this is what my friend's mom said to me this morning that they said that so that when they say nine, it seems oh, that nine is better. It's like sneaky. mind games. They're like, very but you can't make any, you can't break even if you're a bar, just for your pub. You can't break even if you're open until nine. It doesn't make no. any sense. You're not going to be able to pay your staff, your like every your bills and everything and make a profit. It, it's totally like how also how like blindsided or how naive can you be as a government to give bars one day notice oh you may not be able to open tomorrow what are you gonna do with all that stock all those staff like they're just so brain dead yeah and like it shows that they're they're all landlords and they're all like there's tw- something like 12 tds are millionaires not surprised <laughs> not surprised one bit okay mr mr millionaire you're making decisions for people in the entertainment industry who need to feed their fucking families who literally go day by day week by week it's just no it's it's very disheartening but it's the work that thump and the shed and um Re- real rotation and mm. all these collectives and groups do put together to keep like our scene alive to keep like something there for us we need to be able to let our hair down at the end of the week we need to be able to have that outlet everybody else had that outlet growing up so why are we denied it why can berlin go ahead like testing in berlin basically to go to a rave in berlin you need to do a covid test Mm. in the morning there are testing centers everywhere and you just walk in and then you show your your id and your test at the door yeah it makes sense nobody has covid in that building wow Nobody gets sick. They're living in 2030 when we're living in fucking oh. 1830. <laughs> so crazy. But look, the main thing is to keep positive. What do you guys as DJs do to keep the faith? Uh, myself, personally, I just make music. Music yeah. is my only outlet in, in that respect. It's just it's the only thing that keeps me going because you know, like, it's just so painful because mm-hmm. we can't do what we love. Yeah. And we love what we do more than anyone else in the country, I'd say. Um, yeah. And that's why some people, when they become involved in the scene, you never want to leave. I never want to leave. I, yeah, I love it to bits. And I, I don't want to move country. But yeah. if, if <laughs> things keep going the way they are, I do not see myself here when I'm 30. No, I don't see mm. myself here when I'm 30. <laughs> Sure, you're leaving next summer. You're yeah, ready. I'm gone. I'm exactly. gone, you're, you're, baby. You're a product of the system. Yeah, and you know, most of our friends will be gone. Anyone with a bit of, I don't know, forward thinkingness, unless you have some sort of job lined up for yourself. Mm. Like, it's just, it's a crippling place to be. It's expensive to go out for a bloody pint. It was like me and my mum and dad went to the local next door. I don't live in central Dublin. I live in the arsehole of nowhere. Mm. And it cost us 19 euro for three pints. Oh, wow. I was like, that's cute. I'm out. <laughs> Jesus. I know. But it's look. Ben- expensive times being active. <laughs> yeah. On a more positive note, mm. before we head, I don't want to like wrap up on too much of a negative note, but yeah. just tell me who inspires you the most. Like, who's your favourite techno DJ? Who's oh. somebody like a boiler room that you've watched and you've been like, oh my God, if only I could have been there. Something like that. Yeah. So as I said before, IA Models and Jacid Arcs just... Every day I seem to listen to a Jacid Rx track and think, how does he do that? How does he, you know, come up with these noises, these absolutely yeah. insane alien noises? Love it. <laughs> um, it's almost like cyber techno and, um, yeah, just on a different level. Some producers are just on a different level, on a different planet to the rest of us, and mm-hmm. they make us aspire to be even better every day. Um, but I, I, I never I didn't originally start out listening to techno like, yeah. 
um, I started out listening to sort of old school mall grab and like yeah. Kedema as well was big Irish influence on me mm-hmm. um, sort of you know growing up listening to that kind of music and uh, yeah then just sort of progressed more and more and then that first night out in Index kind of changed changed my perspective changed my landscape and first afters as well so the <laughs> the, the afters after um, Index we all used to go back to Mel's student yeah. accommodation and yeah that's where I learned so much about techno that's where I learned all new artists that I never even yeah. you know never would have came into my sphere of existence like yeah. Jan Verkader and, and um, uh, Jigensu as well were some of the first ones that I really became obsessed with and then Gosh. yeah then I kind of found this new style of techno like I guess it's called Neo Rave yeah, I've never heard of it, but I'll look it up. It's 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 really cool, and there's there's a Belgian label called Rave Alert, cool. and um, a French label called KTK Records. Nice. And yeah, they they get, had a huge inspiration on me when lockdown was first announced, and I just kind of listened to lots of those tunes. Um, and reverse bass is like a very big, very big thing in that kind of French and Belgian techno scene. Yeah. Kind of like the possession type sound that that's it. kind of like becoming very popular at the moment. I even read somewhere the other day that, um, oh, what is it? Uh, hard dance is just modern business techno or something <laughs> like that. I was like, ah, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> Um, they love their techno in France. They yeah. actually do. My French, my cousin's French, and he's just been DJing for fun for like ten years, like since love he was like fourteen. Love it. Um, Real and passion. He, he was really interested when we met up for the first time in years about the Dublin rave scene and that if I was in involved and stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, I'd say lockdown did a lot for like developing your style that are like transforming so into much. a new into a new sound. Like every musician I speak to, techno or not techno, has said the exact same thing. Mm. Yeah, no, it was it was valuable time, well spent, and uh, like, to be honest, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Because it really did help me sit down and focus. Because yeah. obviously, there's nothing else to do. Life was so busy before that. Like, mm. I can't. Like, it was so busy. Everybody had part time jobs, college, like nights out on a Friday maybe. Like, mm. it was go go go, and then we all sat down for the first time in our lives <laughs> and just been like alone with our thoughts so mm. yeah you are not alone with that because so many of my um friends who are musicians that they wouldn't take back lockdown for the world that mm. their music standard wouldn't be to the standard it is if they didn't have that time mm. and they wouldn't have the same perspective maybe it went on a bit longer yeah. than it should have but at the same time i'm still you know I, I i grew as a person as well yeah of course. like i i learned lots about myself and i learned lots about others i learned a lot about music and yeah those are some positives to take out of lockdown and i yeah just discovered this new style and i started learning how to make it i started learning you know what goes on in europe as well so mm-hmm. um then i had a few releases on a couple of european labels like in france and germany and scotland <laughs> cool yeah um those are some really fun releases um so this this year has been very big for me um, getting my name out yeah. in Dublin and Ireland but also in Europe like I, yeah. I got a lot of lot of weird people from Berlin just commenting no and it, like I think Frankfurt and Cologne as well are, yeah um, big listeners which Cologne's got a mad rave scene shout out to Cologne <laughs> shout yeah. out to Frankfurt well man if you haven't spent enough time if you haven't spent a long period of time in Berlin 
definitely move there next summer you guys would be fit right in mm. it's the scene is unmatched over there it's crazy i've been told it's have you never been different gravy i've never been imagine, no way imagine i know that's crazy george i'm, I'm an admirer from afar <laughs> jesus mm. well I, you're only intermittent favorite then we'll have to get you your gold star <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm still on that silver badge <laughs> yeah we'll get that soon we'll get no, that soon know, it's, it's always delayed like my yeah. first techno night was technically only well Obviously, I went to Hangar way back in the day, but I didn't go for the music. I went yeah. to get mashed. <laughs> yeah, you just went because it was like two euro drinks, like it fully was. Oh, Jesus, yeah, two euro Mondays, bring it back. Someone, yeah. someone bring it back, please. I've, I've actually passed where Hangar is, and it's like this big, miserable looking oh, building. It's, it's It's triggering. I saw I saw pictures of the the old District 8 as well, like the Tivoli Theatre. The Tivoli oh, Theatre. Is it called the Tivoli Hotel? It's Tivoli Square Hotel or something. Shy Don't. Like that offend us further by using they? the name how dare they oh that's so fucked man i don't da triggers me on but beyond belief because even, <laughs> um even like the new d8 in which was in rights i was kind of like eh, this feels like a disco <laughs> do dude, you know what i mean dude, it felt like so, an underage disco or something yeah <laughs> but i'm happy with with something like i saw kadima and tom hulahan at Index and index, I have a lot of hope for. Soundhouse for smaller little events, really good sound love system. And I really love good index. System. Index is really the new district. Eight. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Exact same, and I was kind of apprehensive about that before, but now being mm. the way they've laid it out, it's like the sweat was on the wall. Everyone was going nuts. It was crazy. It life. felt like a little bit like normal life again. But sure, look. We will. Do you have any events that you want to share before we wrap up? Um. Yeah. There's. There's actually one underground event going on. Um. Uh, I haven't really been speaking about it too much recently. Yeah. Um. But you know, if COVID isn't too crazy by yeah. then, um, it will probably be going ahead. Okay. Um. On the thirtieth of December. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, um. By then, cases have calmed down. Mm-hmm. Um. But that is. Yeah. That's secret party underground. Um, and I know if listeners want to find out, if there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> so that's your answer to that question on getting tickets to that. But George, Rowdy Boy, absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah.